Uh, well, good morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So glad we could come and worship our great God and Merry Christmas. Hey, it's Christmas time. I love this time of year. I just love it. I love that you can just feel Christ in the air, feel Christ in our presence right here. I feel Christ as we sing these worship songs, these Christmas carols, right? You see the lights, the light of the world has come and the darkness cannot overcome it. I mean, just the beautifulness of Christmas. It's such a wonderful time, this special time of the year with family, with friends, but being in the presence of our great God who sent his one and only son for us and that we can worship him. Christmas is also the time we give gifts. And I know a lot of you have been out buying gifts and getting things ready. I saw Black Friday was like the biggest record sale of all time online and then Cyber Monday. And so you've probably been buying gifts or thinking of gifts. I have a good friend and he's always wanted to get his wife the perfect gift. He's always struggled. Every time he gets her something, it doesn't seem to be right. So a couple of years ago, he decided this, that she was doing yoga. And so he thought, how cool would this be? I'm gonna get her some goats. And then she could go in the backyard and do goat yoga anytime. And they like live in a subdivision. I mean, like they're living like in a neighborhood, right? Okay, and so he gets this in his mind and on Christmas Eve, he's driving around to some farm. He, I don't know, you order goats on the Amazon or what, you get them, but he found them at some farm and he goes, he gets these goats. And that night he gets them then in the backyard. And so Christmas day, he takes his wife, puts his hand over her eyes and they walk out the backyard and these goats have literally eaten everything. I mean, like all the plants, all the fire, everything was just totally gone. And goats are standing on the tables and everything else. And she just looked at him and just shook her head. I was like, what were you thinking, you know? And he's like, I love you. I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know. And she's like, well, good try. I just want time with you. That's okay. And so he spent all of Christmas Day trying to figure out what to do with goats. He called me. He's like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what you do with goats. You have them. But here's the thing. We're all trying to buy that perfect gift. We're all trying to think about how do we tell people at this time of year that we love them. And if you ever thought, why? Well, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. <laughs> and so when we want to give love, we want to share because that's what God's done for us. So we're in this great series talking about the language of Christmas. And the language of Christmas is love. I mean, that's what it is. That's what Christmas is all about. And we get caught up in all the consumerism. We get caught up in everything else that's going on around us. But when we really boil it down to, it is about love. And so we've been talking in this series about how we give and receive love. There's this great book by Gary Chapman, you know, this psychologist, this counselor, met with thousands of people. And he talked about these five love languages that we all give and receive love in like kind of five different ways. And what we find is sometimes we're trying to give love and the people aren't receiving it because we're not giving it in the way that they receive it, right? And so we're talking about this in this series. The first of the love languages we talked about last week is physical touch. And that's been around forever, right? We give handshakes, we give hugs, pat on the back. In the Middle East, you kiss on both cheeks, right? You, it's just physical touch. But to think about Christmas, to think about the sovereignty of God and his goodness and grace would send his son from the spiritual realm into the physical, into our hurt, into our pain, into our everyday need. And Jesus came and he literally touched people, right? I mean, he did. You know, the Gnostics, there was this heresy that said that it was, Jesus was just spiritual and not physical. Oh no, Jesus, when you read through the gospels, he touched lepers. He touched people who were sick, mourning, he healed, he restored, he redeemed. And there's power in touch. And maybe you have somebody in your family or a friend, and man, they just respond, man, when you give them a hug or a handshake or 
or maybe it's you and you know, maybe you've been there in a really dark time, you've been at a funeral, or you've been in a struggle, and somebody comes up and just hugs you, puts their arm around you, and you just go, oh, it's the presence of God. God is here, God is with me. That physical touch, learning appropriately, how do we give touch, how do we receive touch? The second one we're gonna talk about today, words of affirmation. And so we're gonna dive into that today, and that's maybe for a lot of us, kind of that one there, or, or quality time, quality time. You know, somebody said you spell love, T-I-M-E. And for my friend, he figured out, man, his wife, it wasn't gifts for her, it was time. She's just like, I just want us. I want some time together. The fourth one is this, it's acts of service. Acts of service. And maybe this is your gift. I mean, you've already been working around the clock, man. You're getting the house decorated, right? You're getting the presents all together because you want people to have this great experience. You want to serve so that they can experience love. That's your act, your acts of service. Or maybe it's this, giving of gifts. So Christmas Eve, we're gonna talk about that. How do we give gifts appropriately? How do we do that in a way? It's because we have been given the greatest gift of all. You see, I hope and pray this is your best Christmas yet. I hope and pray you have your best Christmas. You know, Jesus said the most important commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he said the second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. So if you can grow in love this Christmas, love for God and love for others, this can be a great Christmas. It's gonna be a great Christmas. And maybe there's been somebody in your family or a friend or somebody at school or at work and you've been trying to tell them you love them, right? But you've been doing acts of service and you've been doing all these things for them and they're not responding. Or maybe you've been giving them gifts and they're just not responding. And maybe you go, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, they're words of affirmation. What am I saying to them? What am I writing to them? Or maybe you go, oh, wait a minute. Maybe, 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 maybe they're quality time. And maybe I just need to budget in some time with family, time with friends, not everybody else, but just with them. Because see, that's what God's done for us. He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. This is what Christmas is all about. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke, so New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, all talk about Jesus, right? But Matthew kind of starts with the birth narrative. We saw a little bit last week. Luke is at the birth narrative. Mark fast forwards and goes to Jesus' earthly ministry. John does the spiritual part, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, right? and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, that God came down to us. But I want you to see here Luke, Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. And you've probably heard the Christmas story many times, but I wanna just kind of point out a few things to us today as we talk about this words of affirmation. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register, okay? So back then, Romans over the entire world, basically they had conquered them all. And so all the nations, they would issue the census. You had to go to where you were born. This was a census and you would sign up there. And, and for most people, you were signing up to be in the military, right? I mean, you had to be in the military or to pay taxes or both. Now the Jews, they wouldn't allow them to be in the military because they were a pretty feisty bunch. And so they said, you're gonna pay double taxes. So imagine this edict comes out and you have to leave wherever you are to go to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. So here's Joseph and he has to go down to Bethlehem. So 90 miles from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, he goes there and he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now imagine being nine months pregnant, right? Arriving there in Bethlehem. It's about seven miles outside of Jerusalem. There's no place to go. So they're out in a stable, more likely a cave. And, and there she is giving birth, right? There she is giving birth. Well, God makes this incredible birth announcement. I love this. You know, he doesn't take Jesus' footprint and mail it out to people. He sends a bunch of angels, right? And there are shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You imagine these guys, they're out there keeping the sheep, and it's just a kind of a peaceful night, you know, same old thing. And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord shows up. Wow, no wonder they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Peace, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Wow, praise be to God for Christmas. If you're taking notes today, man, I'd love you to write some things down. And I want you to kind of see this. It says, but the angel said to them, the angel said, the God coming in and speaking his words of hope and truth and said, do not be afraid. Now, I don't know if you need to hear anything else today, but just that. God's saying to you, do not be afraid. God's like, I got this. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm here. It's Christmas. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. All the people. You're not left out, right? You're in this. All the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah. The one we've all been waiting for, the Lord. The Lord. Look at this. The power of words. The power of words. God chose to speak. Through this angel, I come to bring you good news that will cause great joy. You go back to Genesis 1, right? In the beginning, there was ex nihilo. It was nothing. And God spoke into the world. Let there be light. And the power of those words, right, reverberated out through history. The power of these words. I've come. Don't be afraid. I'm here. The word of God coming. There's power in words. Hey, if you look over at James, James chapter three, James chapter three, New Testament, so kind of turn from where you are, if you are in Luke, just kind of head over, or if you're on your phone, you can flip over. But James chapter three, I want you to see this. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we could turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. He's like, think about that. You got this giant ship, but you got this little bitty rudder, but it changes the direction of that ship. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Look down at verse nine. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. 
Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here's what I want you to see, right? Not only the power of words, but he says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. See, we praise God, but also with it we can curse human beings who've been made in human likeness, who've been made in God's likeness, these human beings looking in the image of God. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Our words are important to God and to others. Our words are important. What we say when we come to worship, when we come to celebrate, when we come to praise God, when we come to pray, those words that we express worship back to God. You know, worship is our response back to God for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. And that's important to him. God speaks to us and God wants us to respond back to him. Somebody once said, God's always speaking. The question is, are we listening? The question is, are we listening? But also our words are also important to others. Our words are important to others. It was Mark Twain who once said, I can live on two months off of good compliment. I can live for two months off a of good compliment. And maybe you're like that, you know, just say just, just a little compliment. Every now and then, you know, man, it just strengthens me. It fills me. Why? Because words are important. Our words carry weight. Our words carry weight. Sometimes we don't think about it like that, right? But Solomon talks about in the Old Testament that our words bring life or death. The words that we say, are we helping people? Are we growing people? Are we encouraging people? Because our words carry weight. Maybe you remember as a kid and there was that saying that went around, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie that's ever been said in the entire world, right? I mean, the biggest lie ever. We pass it on to our kids, and I'm just going, no, right? That's horrible. Because sticks and stones may break our bones, but words stay with us a lot longer. Long after the sticks and stones and the bruises are healed, we still carry the wounds of words. And maybe you have some words that were said to you, you know, when you were a child, or maybe it was by a parent, or maybe by a coach, or maybe by a teacher, and, and it just just to find you. You still hold on to that. Maybe it was a friend who said something and you just go, oh, and you hold on to that. And those sticks and stones. And what we have to think about is hold on. What are my words saying? Listen, people are fragile, especially kids. People are fragile. We could get flippant with our words. We can go, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters, right? We know deep down inside it matters, but it also matters what we say. It also matters to what we speak, especially kids, especially kids. I love as Jesus, right, comes and he lives these, you know, 33 sinless years, but this beautiful picture of Jesus inviting children to come to him. You remember that day and all the disciples were around and all these kids were trying to get to Jesus and the disciples were like, no, 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 he's really busy. He's a rabbi, you know, <laughs> like, like, and Jesus is like, let the little children come to me. And we saw last week, like, he touched these kids, they were on him and then it says he Bless them. And you and I have that opportunity to bless others. You and I have that opportunity to speak words of life into others. And are we using that? Are we using that? See, we've all been impacted by the words of others. Every one of us, we've been impacted. Now, do we hold on just to the negativity or do we say, no, I'm gonna take and receive the good things and then I'm gonna share those things. I'm gonna bless others. We've all been impacted by words. I remember when we first started going to Moldova, and Moldova is the 
poorest country in the former Soviet Union, right at the borders Ukraine, so a lot of people know where Moldova is today, but we first started going years ago, and we were working with orphan children, and, and I remember being at this camp, Internat 2, and it's an old communist campground outside of Chisinau, the capital city, and they would take the orphan kids who had nobody to go to in the summer, because in the summer, a lot of the kids would go to be with relatives, with aunts or uncles, or with teachers, uh, because they would do renovations on the orphanage and try to fix it up if they could. But, but the kids who had nowhere to go, they would send them to this old communist campground. They would sleep like two or three in a cot. You know, it was just unbelievable. They'd feed them boars for lunch. And so we came in, they invited us in to run a camp. And I remember we would, went in and we were doing this camp, about 200 kids, and they were all over it. And it was so fun. And our team from church is there and we're ministering to these kids. And there was one kid, Ely. And Ely, I remember I had like nine, 10, and 11-year-old kids, and Ely kind of sat in the back, and he didn't say anything, and, and I just wondered in my mind what all he had been through, what all the hurt in, in his life, but I couldn't get him to talk, and, and he was quiet the whole time. The next year, we went back, and there was Ely, right? And he was like nine, now he's 10, you know, and he's starting to grow up, and the next year, we came back, and, and Ely started to talk, started to respond. When we started our transitional living program, and we have houses for kids. He became one of our boys to leaders at the age of 15. He came into the house and we were helping him go to school and grow. And I remember him sharing his testimony. And one night he stood up and he'd given his life to Christ. And he said this, I'll never forget it. He said, there was an American team that came and they were the only people that ever believed in me. And I heard about Jesus and I heard that God loved me and I gave my life to him. And now I want to be a person who goes back and speaks those words to others. This kid has grown up. He's got a great job in Moldova, but he goes back into the orphanage now. He works with JMI, or Justice and Mercy International, as part of our staff team, and he's going back and he's blessing these kids. And I just thought, those words, we don't remember what anybody said, but, but he heard that somebody believes in me. Guys, every one of us, we need somebody to believe in us. And what Christmas shows us is there is somebody who believes in us. It's Lord God Almighty. He loves you. All right, think about this in your life. Do your words build up or tear down? If we have the power of words in us, right, do the words that we say, do they build up or do they tear down? Here's what it says in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Like, hold on, wait a minute, what is that? Any. Wow, that's, that's kind of any words I say, right? Any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This is a great filter for us. <laughs> am I speaking? Is it unwholesome or am I building others up? We must learn to think before we speak. There's so many times if you've been there, you start to say something and, and, and you're frustrated, you're angry, you're impatient, and you say it and then you're going, no, you're like trying to grab the words, right? You're trying to bring them back. You're like, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't say that right. You know, where it's the tone of what you say. And you're like, ah, we got to learn to think. All of a sudden, we've, we've got this weight. We've got this power. We've got this opportunity. Am I bringing a blessing? Am I building others up or I'm tearing other people down? See, we live in a culture and society that likes to criticize others. That's our culture. That's our society. I don't know if you've ever seen Jimmy Kimmel, right? Jimmy Kimmel does, you know, where he has people come on and read mean tweets about themselves. I'm like, how, you know, deflating would that be, right? You know, like, oh, here's a bunch of mean tweets that people have written about you, and then you read that off. But, but that's our culture. 
With social media, it's just all these things that, yeah, and people can say whatever, you know, we can criticize whatever. And we can fall into that mindset. You know, you're watching sports, and there's this guy, you know, he's sitting over there, this lazy boy, right? He's like, ah, that bum quarterback, he missed that 40-yard pass, right, by a foot. You know, you're going, you can't throw it 40 yards, but man, you know, and you're just like, what? And we want to cheer our team and stuff, but, but it's not to tear me all down. It's like, how do I build them up, you know? How can I encourage people? And I think for all of us, we have to think about that before we speak, that God wants us to bless others. On Netflix, there's this uh, documentary called The Social Dilemma. And I don't know if you've seen this, but The Social Dilemma talks about these big tech executives and whether they were with Twitter or Pinterest, but it's talking about the power of social media and the impact that it has, especially on teenagers, especially on teenage girls. And these big tech executives are going, man, I wouldn't give my daughter that. You know, and you're like, wow, wow. And you think about for us, what are we allowing into our minds? But what are we allowing into our kids? What are we allowing into our homes? And now there's some good things with social media. There's ways that it's been used to help and do things. But are we allowing that negativity to come into our hearts, into our minds, into our homes, into the lives of our kids and the lives of others? Are we allowing that? And I think we always have to look back at that. See, do you give out more compliments or complaints in a day? Because we can fall with culture, right? We get on social media and we're like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, but, but am I complimenting more or am I complaining more? Because that can become our mindset and we have to really watch that. Gary Chapman talks about this story in here where he says this, woman comes by his office, and, and she said, Dr. Chapman, I need help. She goes, I've been asking my husband to paint this room for uh, months, and he won't do it. And he's like, well, I'm not a painting contractor. I don't know what to tell you. you know? She's like, no, 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 I need help. I don't know what to do. I ask him every day about it, every day about it, every day about it. And he's like, okay, well, let me ask you this. Uh, what does your husband do well? She's like, well, he goes like, okay, well, does, does he pay the bills? She's like, yeah, he pays the bills. Okay. Um, does he mow the yard? Yeah, he mows the yard. Yeah, yeah. Does he take out the trash? Yes, he takes out the trash. He goes, here's a recommendation. You don't have to do it, but here's a recommendation. What if you just compliment him every day for the next three weeks? Don't say anything about the room. Just compliment him and see what happens. She's like, oh, that's never going to work. You know, he's like, well, just try it. Just try it. You know, it's free advice. Here you go. You take it, leave it. So sure enough, three weeks later, she comes back. She goes, you wouldn't believe it. He painted the room. He's like, no way, really? He's like, yeah, They're like, what'd you do? She was like, just every time he was paying bills, I'd walk over, I'd go, thank you for paying the bills. Thank you for paying our electricity, that was great. Hey, thank you for taking out the trash. And all of a sudden, one day, he just opts and goes and pays the room. I couldn't believe it, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, because he needed words of affirmation. That's what he needs. It's for all of us, right? It's husbands, it's wives, it's all of us, it's with kids, it's with workmates, it's with schoolmates, it's with everybody around us. And we have this calling. See, Jesus calls us to be different. Jesus calls us to love. Jesus calls us to love. And we can get into work mode all the time and we're busy, busy, busy. We're going 100 miles an hour. Or we have to stop and go, hold on, hold on. I want to be a blessing. I want to bless others. You know, when somebody does something nice for you, you can quickly text back, you know, T-Y and just kind of move on. Or... But there's power in taking time to say thank you. There's power and taking time to write something down. There's power in these words of affirmation. You know, in my Bible, I keep this, <laughs> I keep this letter. And I've had this letter here, it's, it was from my dad, written on June 9th, 1998. My dad went home to be with Jesus uh, six years ago. 
but I've kept this letter from him. And he wrote a lot of things here, but then he says, you know, my dad and I were into sports and always played and always did a bunch of things. And he said, you know, Tiger's dad or John Elway's dad could not be more proud of their son than I am of you. And he signed it, I love you, dad. I just held on to that. I talked to a guy this week and he said, I've got three letters from my grandfather. He goes, that's worth more than gold to me. I'd sell everything I had just to hold on to those letters. And I think about for all of us, this Christmas, we have that opportunity. Maybe it's to write a note. Maybe it's to sit your kids down or your grandkids down and just go, let me tell you, I love you. I don't know if you hear anything else from me. Maybe you always hear about homework or hear about sports or hear about anything else. But I want you to hear that I love you. I want you to know that. You know, my wife, Lisa, she never heard her dad say, I love you. And she longed for that. So I try to tell her every day. <laughs> I try to tell her every day. But you and I just think about that, the power of our words. Hey, let's go even a little deeper here. Look at this. We're also called to love ourselves. We're also called to love ourselves. And I'm not talking about narcissistic or arrogant. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about this. Jesus said the second most important commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And I think we struggle sometimes loving others because deep down, we really don't even love ourselves. Deep down, we struggle with this. See, your self-talk matters. You know when you're laying in bed at night and you can't sleep? What are you rehearsing? What are you saying to yourself? Are you remembering all the things like years ago? You're like, oh, I messed up, or why'd I do that? Or you remember the mistakes that you made? You're going, oh. Or, or are you sitting there going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Get behind me, Satan. No, 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 I am a child. I am a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Are you saying that to yourself? Are you saying scripture? Are you memorizing those things that God's put in your heart? Listen, don't put yourself down. God sent his son for you. Christmas ought to remind us above anything else that you are loved. You are loved. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. You matter to God. There's nobody in the world just like you. You are unique. You are made in the image of God that you would understand that and live that. And know that God loves you. Jesus teaches us to call God Father. And maybe you didn't have a great earthly father, but I wanna tell you, God is the perfect father. And he is the one who speaks over you. He is the one who loves you. Look, speak words of affirmation, encouragement, and blessing to others and to yourself. And to yourself. God has you here for a reason. God has you for a purpose. God put you in the family you're in. God has a call on your life. So here's the question. What do you hear from God? What do you hear from God? Do you think God's mad at you or upset? Or do you hear love? Zephaniah, one of my favorite verses, Zephaniah 317 says, the Lord your God is with you. Hear this today. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warriors who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That's your God. That is your God. Listen, 
Do you hear condemnation or love from God? John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But do you know John 3, 17? For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That God came for you. That God came for forgiveness and grace and mercy and love. That God has a love for you. Do you hear that from God? Here's what A.W. Tozer says. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I think what happens so often, right, is inside, if we think God's mad at us, if we think God's, we can't please him, if we think God, you know, is always frustrated because, man, I've messed up and I've sinned, God knows and God's forgiven and God calls us to repent and God calls us to come back to him. God knows we're not perfect, but God knows that he loves us with an everlasting love. And if we could turn it around and start saying, my God is with me, my God is for me, I am loved, I am a child of God, man, then we can freely give that love to others. We can freely give that love to others. No longer are we feeling bad about ourselves. Man, we're feeling great about ourselves. And not in an egotistical way, but in a healthy, emotional way because God loves me. Hey, this Christmas, this Christ, <laughs> that's what Christmas is, right? This Christmas, will you hear God's love for you and will you share his love to others? This Christmas, make it about love. Don't get caught up in everything else that's going on around you. Make this Christmas about love. How can I fall more in love with God? <laughs> How can I grow deeper in my walk with the Lord? How can I love others in a way that they're gonna receive? Maybe today, maybe today is a day of salvation for you. Maybe you've been carrying some wounds from the past and today you go, God, I need your grace. <laughs> I need your mercy, I need your love. I can't fix myself. And you're right. You know, every major world religion, except for Christianity, every major world religion is about man trying to get to God. If I can do enough good things, maybe God will accept me. Maybe God will say, you're okay. <laughs> but Christianity is God coming to us. Love came down to us to meet us in our hurt, in our pain, in our brokenness, in our fear. God came to you, to you. Maybe today you go, God, here's my life. <laughs> I give it to you. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your peace this Christmas. Maybe for you, there's some wounds that you've been holding on to. Maybe for you, there's some hurt and pain from words that were said or, or to you or about you. What about this Christmas that you let it go? What about this Christmas that you lay it down? You go, God, I'm not gonna carry this anymore. Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. God, I'm giving this to you. I'm turning it over. God, I want to be free of this. And God, I want to live for what you say about me. And not what others. And maybe today you just go, God, work in my heart. And then allow your love to come out in my home. There's some people I need to tell them that I love them. There's some people that I need to speak life into their hearts. Maybe I've been hard on somebody. God, just show it to me. Father, soften my heart. Maybe I need to write a note, a letter. But God, this Christmas, let me love. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. 
But I know this, God's here. God's in this place. And God loves you so much. That's what Christmas is all about. I mean, you think about that, that God would send his one and only son for you. (laughs) Maybe today you want to be thankful. (laughs) Thank you, God. You know, hallelujah simply means praise the Lord. God, thank you that you love me. God, thank you for family, for friends, maybe for parents. God, just thank you. Maybe for your marriage, for family, for your kids, for maybe you have a best friend. God, thank you that you put people in my life who love me too. Maybe today God's just saying, I want you to hear from me. God's always speaking. Are you listening? God's always speaking. Are you listening? What's God saying to you today? You know, it's Christmas. There's something different in the air. Christ is here. And he has come for you. He's come for me. When we turn our lives over to him, would we worship and praise him? And would we love others? Would we speak words of blessing? And words of hope, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Father, speak to us in this time. We are listening.